Hello and welcome to BWB Extra, where we get to know Andra Nicolau, Head of Business Development and Strategy at Origin Protocol, a little better. After having to drop out of her economics degree at Barclay to avoid family bankruptcy, Andra went on to start her own commodities trading business, then worked in Silicon Valley and eventually moved to London, where she began her work in crypto and blockchain. We also hear about what makes Andra tick outside of work, her failures, realizations, and all-round sound advice. So let's start by winding the clock back and talk about how you ended up doing what you now do. Yeah, so um, it was a complete accident, serendipity, whatever you want to call it. Let's maybe start with my my career journey. So um, I actually dropped out of university. I was uh, studying economics at Berkeley three and a half years, but then the financial crash in 2008, 2010 happened. Uh, and uh, university in America is incredibly expensive. So, and- but you'd almost got to the end, three and a half years. Yeah. I know. It's one of those tough choices. It's like, do I run my family savings into the ground or uh, do I just drop out and figure it out? Um, I chose not to live with the guilt. uh, So uh, I uh, dropped out, but it it doesn't matter. I took a couple of years off to try to figure it out. Uh, Like I said, I did start a commodities trading company shortly after, uh, which of course I didn't know it was going to end up where it did. But the idea was I want to do something of my own. I was digitally native, spoke foreign languages, uh, and I understood business. And uh, that's how I sort of started building that from scratch. A couple of years in, I decided I did not enjoy that particular field, mostly because it was a lot of old white men telling me that I'm young and incompetent, even though I was doing How very nice. well. Uh, yeah, very, very sweet of them. And Leave um, us old white men alone. <laughs> I'm not sure you're technically old yet, man. Yeah. But um, yeah, I decided that... Um, you know, Silicon Valley was more interesting. It was a younger crowd, right? It was uh, something that I was like, oh, it's a cool industry. I can relate. I can, you know, learn a lot. It's moving fast. So I got back into tech. A couple of years in, that was in Silicon Valley. Um, I actually moved to London. So I, I discovered crypto in London of all places. Uh, I moved to London and I was trying to decide if, uh, do I work uh, for an established company like, I don't know, Google, Apple, you name it, and have, you know, uh, stability in my life? Or do I stay in the innovative space and uh, find one of these cool pipster startups uh, and and go there. So I I ended up with the latter and I found my first uh, blockchain company at uh, at a Barclays uh, Rise co-working space in London. Oh, yeah. Shoreditch. Do you have a long-term goal, do you think? I mean, I have personal goals and then I have goals uh, that I want to accomplish through uh, the work that I'm doing. Uh, my goal is to really, um, like I said, improve even 1% the, the world of finance. If I can do that, then that would be, um, you know, I would consider myself accomplished in my work. How does your business particularly deal with the issue of climate change? Are you doing anything to kind of solve it? Yeah, so not directly because we're just a super tiny startup. Uh, We don't have enough uh, funds or resources to do anything about it. But as far as climate goes, first of all, we're eliminating uh, paper cash, right? So that in itself is a way of saving trees, which we know are pretty important. The other one is uh, the choice of technology that you choose to build on top of. Um, and there are blockchains out there that are incredibly bad for the environment, uh, but we choose not to build on that and build on the one that is the most sustainable. Um, and that is our way of um, helping reduce our footprint. Do you think that would be the ultimately the, the 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 downfall of Bitcoin? You know, people say, oh, there's lots of energy and it's causing positive things. But I mean, and some people say the whole point of its value is because it is this sort of fragile, like 1-0, one, oh, 
network and it will sort of hold its value. What, what, what do you think? Do you think do you think the energy use will bring it down in the end? I, I don't think it's going to be the energy use, but I think it goes back to a conversation we were having earlier about the force of good and the force of bad. Uh, and unfortunately, in this particular scenario, uh, are you asking me if the environmentalists are going to win in front of like the greedy institutions that are going to want Bitcoin for whatever reason? I feel like you're going to say no. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm going to leave that one there. But um yeah, I, I don't think it's going to be those reasons that are going to bring Bitcoin down. I think it's just the, the economics and the architecture long term that are not sustainable for Bitcoin. When you look at like rewards for mining, which are going to go down, now why would I mine and implicitly hurt the environment when the rewards are just not that great, uh, you know, uh, in the long term? You said that you would save trees by not printing paper. I mean, A, I don't know how much of the world's paper is made up of banknotes. Not that much these days. I can't seem to find a cash machine bloody anywhere, can you? It's a fucking nightmare. <laughs> There's one in the RAC club, it's- I just I mean, it's, it's becoming like that, isn't it? It's like, oh, listen, John, I found a cash machine. There's one behind, you go behind this fence, no one's fucking noticed. You know, they're just nowhere. But surely there'll be less demand for paper, so actually less trees, you know? So it, it, the, the paper thing's a bit of a, a, a moot point, to, to be fair, don't you think? Yes, that's just a starting point. But there's additional benefits. For example, crypto companies don't typically have offices. Now we can debate whether office buildings are energy consuming in general, right? And then also uh, traffic. Like if you're in America, in America, everyone drives, right? Like how much pollution is that adding uh, into the space? But with us, we just get online from anywhere, all corners of the world, and we just connect um, asynchronously. So that in itself, for one company like mine of 35 people, is probably not going to make a difference. But if every company in the world became remote, and we no longer have these huge traffic lines and we no longer have huge energy consuming uh, buildings. And you said you you actively look at the kind of blockchain you're using, et cetera, to use use ones that are more environmentally friendly. Yeah, we have a, we, there's different chains, right? So you have Bitcoin, which was the OG, everyone knows about it. Then you have Ethereum and then you have all these newer ones. And Ethereum is one that is also constantly improving its architecture in order to become more environmentally friendly as well. Um, so there was recently a shift to something called proof of stake, but that in itself is, is an effort to try to be as um, ethical as possible. Is there anything you feel you've really fucked up in your career? Oh, tons, Yeah. Just uh, wasting too much time on, on wrong opportunities, I think. Uh, if there is such a thing, everything has a lesson in it. What was, the, what, was the, what was the worst opportunity you wasted your time on? I, I think it was just the, the time spent between dropping out of college and uh, starting my work in Silicon Valley. That was just kind of like more, I was in survival mode rather than actually making decisions because I wanted to. But how old were you? Don't ask people. You can't uh, ask people that. Then, not now. Now, obviously, well, obviously, you must be no, 16 or something, you know, it's like... Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it was uh, early, mid-20s. So, yeah, it felt like those are the most important years of your life, just speak, in, in life, right? You want to have fun, you want to... You, you went like, to Berkeley young. and stuff, you're from, you're a very driven person. I mean, you know, give yourself a break. You know, most of us are 38 thinking, what the fuck am I doing with my life? You know, I only ended up an accountant because I wasn't given an option, you know? But also your mid-20s are that period where you, like, I think everybody looks back on it and went and thinks, what the fuck was I doing? Why didn't I... You know, just get sorted. It, well, yeah, some I mean, people I mean, know exactly what they the were doing. Is you don't have they iPhone photos. You don't have iPhone photos. No, you don't have the iPhone photos to look back. And you, I look back of the last few years, and I can't believe when it happened. When I look at the date, I'm looking at. Sometimes it feels ages ago. Sometimes you know, and it's mind blowing. And I'm like, I remember. I don't remember any. Oh my god, do you remember that? And then we went. So actually, we just it just dies, doesn't it? Like 2008. Boom. That's it. Yeah. No information. Yeah. We're back to Polaroids. What's your passion outside of business? 
Oh, I um, I'm very into uh, wellness and health. I don't just mean uh, I go to the gym. I mean that's that's a basic one. But I uh, I follow things like um, even the spirituality, like mindfulness and meditation. I also do th- things at a micro level. For example, I do regular blood work to see how are my nutrients level. Should I supplement it? So how, should I change my diet? Uh, I do, for example, infrared light therapy. Uh, I get into oxygen chambers. All these all things. Right. That- are you doing any microdosing? Have you gone that far? Uh, that, that was back in Silicon Valley. That was popular, you know, a couple of years ago, but not anymore. Somebody told me to do some meditation a while ago. So I put, I, I like lay flat and I put the thing on and it said, imagine you can feel your toes in a particular way and then your legs. And after about three minutes, I was like, I am going to kill somebody. <laughs> yes. This is the most annoying thing I've well, ever had depends. to You've do. You've got to get the voice right. They're not, I'm not good. No offense. Sorry. I know you're not America, but I'm not good when it's like, yeah, you've got the... Hi, Natalie. The Californian. You got to get the voice right. You yeah. know, I mean, I think maybe if it was Mr. T doing it, it might be quite amusing. <laughs> Barry White. Hey, sucker! You're gonna pull your shit together. You're gonna sit down. You're gonna breathe. That'd be great. That'd be much yeah, no, more. Yeah, I um, think Barry White. Barry is the White thing. would be fantastic, yeah. wouldn't he? Or um, the uh, Earl, uh, Earl Jones. Uh, you know, oh, Darth yeah, yeah, Vader. Yeah, a bit yeah. scary though, but yeah. you do what he says, wouldn't I you? I am your father. Business Without Bullshit is brought to you by Ori Clark, straight-talking financial and legal advice since 1935. You can find us at oriclark.com. What's the worst advice you've ever been given? I would say uh, anything that has to do with control. You know, when they say, don't worry about things you can't control or just let it happen, anything of the sort. I always Yours is found, worry about things you can't control. It's not the worrying part. It's the control part yeah. that I have a problem with. I feel like you have a lot more control on the outcome of things than people think you do uh, or they, they tell you you do. So I spent a lot of time just like, oh, I'm not going to try to take control of the situation. But it's actually when I took control, I was able to dictate the outcome. So that's something that I struggle with a lot. Uh, yeah, explain that a little bit better. So you don't, don't worry about things you can't control and you're saying no do worry about uh, just fucking control them I think just control everything (laughs) not everything that's obviously the toxic extreme right that's type A when you just like try to take control of everything but let's take um so let's, let's think of like the fundraise where I raised $150 million, right? And I, I did get a lot of advice, but obviously it got stressful beyond a measure. Right, Hard, one of the points. hardest things you can do in business, and that's a huge sum to raise, but you know, maybe yeah. that, that, it's just as hard as 150 grand. That's the truth, you know, sure. in yeah. a way, you know. But then you will get advice that say, you know, when you're having a rough day, oh, don't worry about it. Like it's going to be what it's, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. Like don't try to stress uh, out. You can't control it, et cetera. When and people I'm like, tell you relax, it'll be all right. That's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, hold on. But I feel like if I send this additional piece of information or if I jump on an extra call to try to like explain further, or if I do this, if I make this one document is going to have whatever outcome, then that's me kind of taking control of the situation. And I feel like that actually ultimately led to success. So um, so I'm just like a little bit wary of everyone that tells you to relax too much, but take everything with a grain of salt. Obviously, don't like die of stress. That is the extreme. Ideally not. Like middle yeah. ground. Yeah. No, it's true. I don't quite believe you make your own luck. I think there is a thing called luck. I mean, it really is, you know, but I think if you don't work hard, which is really what you say, if you're not going to put in the time, that if you put in the time, then that'll create opportunity and your skill. Are you actually get, you'll American? Get Am I American? Do I sound American? The whole American dream. God damn if it, you man. want it enough, you if can you have it. Enough, anyway. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Follow your instincts. I definitely believe that decisions that I've uh, slept on and took my time thinking about and, you know, taking, uh, being uh, deep with my research on the topic, 
did not turn out that great, but the ones that I made on the spot, just like my using my instincts were always the best ones. Oh, wow. The other way around. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's about like, oh, being data driven and thinking, sleeping on it, whatever. But for me, it's really instinct driven. If something doesn't uh, feel good, smell good, look good, I just don't, don't do it. What advice would you give to your younger self? Network more. Uh, I definitely was an introvert uh, and uh, yeah, I, I did not like people. <laughs> I did not like uh, networking. I did Who not likes like talking. Networking? I didn't like socially. It's horrible networking. Nobody likes networking. Americans are really good at it too. Partly you probably went move from European culture to American culture when everyone is like, they learn it at school. I've hung out with school kids. It's like, hi, my name is Andrew Ori. I do da 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 And I grew up and they tell you like a little anecdote. They, they have this speech and you're like, great. Thanks. What the fuck? And then they ask you to go and you're like, me? Like, what? Like, you know, and that's I think hard. that's because British people in general tend to be self-deprecating. It's just, you can't help it. Like, you make I a joke about yourself. I think Romanians too, don't you? You guys are some hum... I know a few Romanians. I, mean- I get called depressed all the time. They're like, what's with your dark humor? Is it even humor or do you need to see a therapist? I'm like, you don't get it. It's sarcasm. Don't worry about it. Any recommendations to read, watch, listen, check out? There's a ton of resources in crypto. Uh, you have to learn how to dig through the bullshit, but I would stick with the main publication. So uh, I would go to something like Missari is a great place to find in-depth reports and analysis. And How'd you spell that? Missari? Yeah, M-E-S-S-A-R-I. Um, then there's another one called The Block that also has a lot of uh, articles, information, news, etc. Then there's podcasts like uh, Bankless, for example, that you could listen to. Uh, for women that are interested in crypto, there's something called SheFi, as like she underscore fi, uh, meaning that they teach you about decentralized finance. They can't do HeFi, he though. That's HiFi, isn't it? Oh, no, HeFi. HeFi. Fuck, I want HeFi. So that brings us to the favorite part of the show, the end of the show. Um, thanks, Andrew. You've been great. This is the business versus bullshit quick far round. Uh, we're going to say some things, and you need to tell us whether you think they're business or bullshit. You can also say this shit if you want. Okay, you ready? Already? Mm-hmm. Let's go. Um, asking favors. Business. MBAs. Bullshit. Hot desking. Bullshit. Breakfast meetings. Business. <sighs> Working hours. Bullshit. Going viral. Bullshit. Team outings. Business. Nice. Think tanks. Biz shit. Do you have any crypto think tanks? There's some, there must be some crypto think tanks. People thinking about crypto in a tank. N- not in crypto, but in Silicon Valley, we had a lot of those. Did you? Yeah, okay. Yeah. NFTs. Business. Oh, she's not. That said bullshit. Uh, bullshit. Flexible working. Business. Uh, business plans. Business. Universal income. Business. And uh, finally, we discussed it earlier. Microdosing. Bullshit. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> well done. You got a thousand and twenty-two points. It was extremely good. So 
So that was this week's episode of BWB Extra. And we'll be back with a new episode next Tuesday. Until then, it's goodbye. <laughs>